0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Tuesday, another week, another MSP Initiative webinar. I have industry veteran and uh, channel guru, I call him, Tony Francisco. Tony, what's up, man?
1: George, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure seeing you on.
0: Yeah. So um, you're in Florida. And
1: uh, <laughs> is that is that all you needed to say? <laughs> no, no, no.
0: You're. In, I was gonna say you're in Florida. You're a big UFC fan. You actually know the guys in the system, and um, and you've also had a a very interesting kind of path, right? Career path to get to this point. So, you know, lots of stuff to talk about. How's Florida right now, um, from your perspective?
1: Do we have enough time to go to this?
0: A bridged bridge, bridge version, a bridged version. How, how are things going?
1: Florida's amazing. I actually, I truly enjoy Florida. Born and raised in San Francisco, California, and, you know, traveled the world. And um, uh, I think, you know, one of my favorite places that I lived to was Atlanta, Georgia. Um, uh, but being a non-coastal city, um Being away from the water was difficult, uh, which ironically made it more friendly because it was very transient, meaning people were there for, you know, uh, three to five, eight years and then move out of Atlanta. So everyone's like, oh, I remember what it's like to be here. You know, what can I do to help you? And you get that Southern hospitality and, and then you come to Florida (laughs) Um, and, you know, now it's, I live where you vacation. It's a, it's a, it's a very interesting place. Um, The weather's amazing except when it gets really hot in July. Uh, but the, the people are a lot of fun here, which unfortunately leads to uh, problems with uh, global pandemics. But what are you going to do? I,
0: I understand. I understand. So what, what have you, I mean, you know, is everybody, are things right now a little bit kind of going the other way? Are we locking down again or are things still pretty open?
1: Um, I, I, think, I think in general, um, you know, we've been learning that the, the country as a whole is not doing very well, and there are some hot spots throughout the country ranging from, you know, Arizona, Texas, Florida, that, um, you know, are standing out, and it's not in a positive way. Um, I think Florida is, um, from what I understand, um, at the top of that pile And I also understand the numbers that have been provided are wildly suppressed. I literally just listened to a report of the, I believe the, I can't remember her name, but she lost her job. She originally put together the chart, the growth, they got rid of her for not suppressing the data. Um, And so she started another, you know, real time style chart. And she says that the numbers that we see now are, you know, two, three weeks behind what is actually going to be there. And even then, it's a mixed bag of nuts. Um, not the right numbers, but she says it's a lot worse than it actually is. So I'm, I'm confused, just like everyone else. I'm concerned, just like everyone else. But um, I think, you know, the one thing that we are all interested in is what's the impact going to be on, on me, on my family, on, on the children going to school. And, and from a job perspective is, is the company going to be hurting so much that they can't employ me or contract me out. And, uh, that's, that's a concern across the board. So I don't know the answer to that. I wish I did.
0: (laughs) I am just taking a kind of a pulse, if you would. So um, you've actually had a pretty interesting career path that I'm not sure everybody's heard, you know, your story. So if you wouldn't mind sharing with the crowd, um, where did you start and take us through your journey to today?
1: Wow. Um, so I think the the original start was um, McDonald's. Worked at McDonald's, <laughs> and um, and then uh, you know uh, I I remember looking in a mall. Um, this is in the early 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 nineties. Uh, I, I, so I take that back. I jumped in like TJ Fridays. Worked at the bar there. It was great, um, but I looked uh, in the mall for a job. One of those stands in the middle mm-hmm. and there was someone selling uh cellular phones and i was like oh, wow you know it's commonplace back then that was not commonplace so i asked uh I asked the guy i said you know what do you like how do you like this and he's like it's really cool you know no one's buying this but uh you know they're really cool keep in mind this is in 93
0: right when like one yeah. out of every a thousand people had its own
1: Nin- yeah the 90 end of 92 it was the end of 92 wow end of 92 so um Uh, so fast forward, um, I ended up getting an inside sales job and, uh, because I knew enough about computers, I connected to the cell phone, uh, to a laptop. And then we developed, uh, what's called, uh, uh, CDPD, cellular digital packet data. And I don't bore you with all that stuff. But if my, my claim to fame back then was if you ever wanted to get a hold of me, anywhere in the country you call gte mobile net or any cellular provider and ask them you're on a b-side provider ask them how to connect your cell phone to your laptop and i was one of two people that you would actually eventually get to and uh in the country it was it was weird and um and then i became uh you know i i focused on the telemetry engineer side and uh from there i worked um i went into working with the government and into network security and that was a very interesting time of my life and uh, and then from there I believe this is uh, to 90 98 went to Atlanta 2000 2004 2003 2002 I' remember 2003 um, went to a company that worked on the appliances for RSA tokens key fobs and uh, and I and the objective was to authentic or to to authenticate for your exchange server for your microsoft exchange server and i said hey why can't we just put a whole bunch of these appliances in a rack and then just host them for people and uh yeah you're like "Eh, that's commonplace now but by 2002 what are you you talking about how dare you um and they said no 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 no, because you have to have um, a vpn that goes back to the uh to the exchange server and i said why don't we just take these chain servers and put them here and then have it all connected in one. Then we just have the connections for everybody to the singular exchange. <laughs> I like, like um, and they, and, uh, Ravi Linkarker, uh, one of the smartest people I've met said, uh, no, 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 can't that, That'll that never work. No one will ever buy that. And I said, I, I think they will. I think they will. So I ended up leaving in 2003 and developing, um, what's now known as the fourth known host exchange offering in the world. Um, and, uh, and it turned into something huge and it was great, made a lot of money. And um, and then from there, uh, we were hosting a lot of applications, Exchange, SharePoint, CRM, uh, SmarterMail, Zimbra. And at some point I said, why are we, why are we hosting all of this? Why, why can't we just have a platform that plugs into the vendors that are hosting it themselves and, and let the, Platform be private labeled, kind of a a mask to or a facilitator of the services that customers are consuming. So the reseller gets paid for everything. Um, This is just automating the things that were done manually and even put it under one username and password. I mean, that's like the holy grail as you know, hosted services come into play. Um, And it seemed to take off, and uh, I bought out the previous business partners that i brought into the company and we redesigned and we're actually, it's been the longest launch process ever. Uh, but we are now uh, positioned to launch the new version of cloud plus cloud plus.net. And um, we are literally in the final stages that the contracts are inked. Um, we're in the final stages of development. We, I think we're going to have our first major, major industry Uh, recognize change uh, the second week of next month. I think we're going to be beta testing some of the new stuff. And then the following month, everything goes live. And it's a perfect timing, especially when everyone's locked down and they're looking for a way to remotely access all these services and easily, from an IT perspective, administrate uh, all the services from multiple locations.
0: So I remember you recently giving a story where you were presenting to an event in Florida And you basically had all these CTOs and CIOs in front of you. And you basically said, I can get into your network in 15 minutes or less. It doesn't matter where you are. (laughs) Do you remember this story?
1: (laughs) That was at the uh, Tampa Cybersecurity Summit. Um, I believe it was in December. And uh, yeah. Uh, Do you want want me to repeat that story? Yeah, tell the story. I thought
0: it was very interesting. Go for it.
1: Um, it. It's a... Uh, So I, and I'm not going to mention the executives over there, but they're from a very large financial firm that's here locally. And, um, uh, they, you know, they brought in their, their squad of people and, um, and I'm in the front of the room and I'm sitting there telling everyone, here's why you should be, you know, understanding that you can be hacked at any point in time. And it's not so much the technology as much as the social engineering. For sure. And so, um, uh, so all of my devices, you can't even see, I've got, uh, uh, I've got these cords around, but, uh, on the bottom of all my devices, I have these little, um, these little plugs. So, um, I mean, like literally everything, you know, the, the, the headset, I've got the, the little plug on the bottom. So all you see there is a positive and negative connection. Mm-hmm. And so when you pull that out, um, it's just a, you know, it goes into an iPhone or a, a USB C or micro USB, whatever it may be. Um, but it only has the ability to, uh, transmit, Power, positive, negative. There's no data transition. So, in the event you go to another location and you plug in your USB cord, you've heard of the, um, uh, was it the OMG cable? I think is what they called. Uh, But I was doing that, like seven, eight years ago. You know, where you hack the battery, the rechargeable battery. And if somebody uses rechargeable battery, I now have, you know, root access to their phone. It. But that was, I, I know. So what somebody did was, hey. Uh, they did it in the cable itself. So it looks like an iPhone cable and it is fascinating how well they did it. Um, But basically if you plug your phone into anyone and even using a cable or plugging into one of those random public uh, facilities, they have root access to your phone. It doesn't matter where you go; they can literally screen share your phone. It's, it, yeah, it's uh, it's terrifying. And so, so these are things I, I, I've known I, I'm about.
0: I'm now thinking twice about the free cell phone charger cable. <laughs> PCO, right. I, mean, I, mean,
1: I would. Scary. Well, it's it's funny that you say that. So, so um, uh, when I when I do security talks, I, I give away these packs, and um, it's a little cable. I wish I could uh, show you a. I, I probably have one laying around, um, but basically they, I've got them laying all over my desk. I just, just to cleaning my desk. Um, they um, it's a magnetic cable that snaps onto this. So in the event you rip it away, you don't bend anything and it's just magnetic and they're ubiquitous, meaning uh, everything has these. So it's the same cable that just snaps onto all of these, which is, which is wonderful. And they're nylon and you can get a pack of four for 20 bucks and all these uh, connectors. So, I was trying to explain this to people. And, and so uh, said, executive said "Um, that doesn't do anything. If I'm not going to use any cable. And I said, and I looked down and I said, I'd get into your stuff 15 minutes. And he goes, he's like, Oh, and he got everybody. I think he had like six people at his table and they all just kind of do the this guy has no idea what he's doing. I'm like, Oh yeah. Or, or I worked with the department of justice and network security for a long time and literally trained on this. I, I maybe I'm just going to throw it out there. I said, and he said, so what would you do? And I said, um, I said, well, I'm assuming you go work outside of the home occasionally. And he said, um, Oh, ironically, I pick up, pick up my keyboard and there's the little, little, uh, <laughs> so every, these things are literally everywhere in the house. It's, it's great. Um, but, uh, my, my mouse. (laughs) So uh, the, the, the point is that, you know, he was um, he was interested in how would I do this? And I said, well, you know, you probably work somewhere, maybe like a Starbucks. Uh, And he goes, yeah. And I said, you go to Starbucks. He goes, yeah. I go, you bring your laptop. He goes, yeah, but you can't authenticate into my laptop without facial recognition And even then, if I'm not on the local network, it's read only. So I can only read email. I have zero write capability. So it was very, really locked down. So, and he had multiple, he had, um, he had an authenticator token, so he had uh, basically a, like an RSA key fob. It said, "Enter this number." It's generated every you know 30 seconds. Uh, uh, so once he opens his laptop and it sees that it's him, which is kind of baked into the laptop, in order to open an application, he has to do the key fob, and even then, it's read only if he's not on the on the local network. And in order to get on the local network, he has to go through multiple checkpoints to get into the network. And uh, and I was like, "Okay, I'm okay with that." And he goes. You think you can still get? And I go, Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he goes, How? And I said, Well, at some point, if you're my mark, um what i'll do is i'll go take a of course i literally just cleaned all of my all of the, the fun stuff that i had over here i usually have these little usb uh tokens <laughs> laying around um but basically what i would do is i would take uh you know the back of you know those little usb for keyboards and mouse the, the little, the it's a little little
0: nubbin yeah. yeah
1: a little nub yeah um i would take that and i would cut about half of the metal off uh it's just like I would cut just under half, so I would keep about two thirds there, and um, and you pull out the plastic chip inside. It's really easy; just pull it out, uh, put a little glue dot on. And and he was using a uh, he was using a uh, Surface Two because I looked down. And I said, "It looks like you're using a Microsoft Surface 2. And he goes, "Yeah." I said, "Okay." So the the USB. You have you have it on both sides, but the one on the left is where you have two USB.
0: Uh, that's right. Yep, I got it right here. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, What are the odds? And so, uh, and so <laughs> you're like, look, and you're like, let's see, let me see the validity of this. Um, and so, um, I said, what I would do is I would put um, on my on my finger, I'd put a little glue dot with that little nub that's you know the little metal component's broken off, and um, when the moment I'd be on the phone the entire time, and you'd hear me, and I'd be sitting you know, three, four seats away from you. And you'd hear me talking a very, very, very in-depth conversation for about 30 minutes with occasionally, I know, and this is how we're going to design it. And I think they're going to be okay with this design. It meets all the network security specifications, uh, you know, the compliancy specifications. And you'd hear me repeating extremely complex architectures. What I'm actually doing is I'm listening to a 90-minute podcast talking about these and I'm repeating word for word what Mm -hmm. they're saying while I'm continually eyeing your location and presence and position. And the moment you get up and you will at some point, if not to throw something away, I'm gonna say, I know. And once in a while, I'll just throw in, I know. The moment he calls, I'm gonna run out the door. He's literally across the street. I'm gonna give the presentation. I know this is a huge deal. Okay, okay, so back the way we're going to architect this and keep going through it. And then the moment he gets up, they I go, I, he's texting right now. I'm getting up right now. And I get up and I run and I literally run. I throw something away, right? Cut him off, throw it away. And I say, I'm really sorry, sir. And I run over and I grab your laptop and you go, that's my laptop. And I go, I am so sorry. And I put it down. I thank you. You saved my presentation, take my laptop and run. What you didn't realize that I did was I inserted that USB key in the left-hand side. I lifted my finger, making all the contacts necessary and insu- inserting a BIOS firmware very, very quickly. I now have root access in your computer only when you're connected to the network. And all I'm doing is I'm reverse SSHing on the way out through and I can change the port to port 80, maybe even do a port 443 because you're allowed to do that one and you can't detect anything from end to end. And I have complete ownership. And I thank you for authenticating as many times as you did to give me that connection. And they were all terrified, just terrified. And I said, because when I pull it out, I'm just going to cup it, grab my laptop and run. And I'm even going to pat you on the shoulder on the way out. It takes less than a second for me to do that.
0: Some Mission Impossible stuff for here, Tony.
1: I've, well, I've done that particular move. Quite a few times, and and but y- people don't understand the complexity, um, dazzling you with the basics uh, of of a hack, because all that story was was to a build-up of me plugging that in, plugging you mm-hmm. oh, know I'm not going to let anyone plug anything in, of course you're not going to let anyone plug anything in, <laughs> but it happens. So
0: no, it was I mean listen, I think everybody's just you know. Like hey, we we've all heard of just crazy stories, right? The multi, the MFA got bypassed. The you know the 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 system, which was supposed to be locked down, like and then all of a sudden it was a headline, right? And then all of a, they're like, how did that happen? Um, well, I mean, listen, it's like this stuff, right? You never think about it, but uh, you know, and listen, we've all talked about the working from home and the kids using the, you know, the, you know, the family using the same equipment, whether it's the gaming versus the home computer versus the homework. And that's just the stuff at home. But, oh. yeah.
1: <laughs> so, so here's a real quick story on this. Uh, so I said, uh, every time I go from my friend's houses, I, I, I say the same thing every single time. I'm like, friends don't let other friends have shitty internet, that, that your internet has to be good. And, and you, you just don't don't live like a savage. Like, you, come on, let's clean it up. I mean, there's something slowing it down. And sorry, I'm, I'm not allowed to swear on this. Is it?
0: Uh, That's fine. You're wide open.
1: <laughs> We're gonna get beeped. Um, and so uh, so I set up this one. Uh, so I have ubiquity at my house. And, and I, I love it. It's great. And, uh, um, and you can extend it indefinitely you know through a combination of wire lines and meshing and you have uh with the cloud key you can actually monitor everything so uh somebody said oh i'd like that man. okay great let's do a full-blown nine access points i mean full i mean it's, it's a full it's not a joke full system.
0: Mesh, man. It's a, yeah. it's
1: a full full real deal um and so we get it all done and we get the power uh, we get the uh the cloud key in and i have it set up pretty tight so i limit if you know cloud key when you turn on the uh, monitoring, the uh, intrusion prevention detection, um, it, you, even though you have two, 300 megabits a second connection, it drops you down to like 50. But, and as kids were like, well, I, I, where my my extra 150, 200 megabits? Connect? Really, name one thing you're using more than, one thing you're using more than 20 megabits for more than 10 seconds. Just name one thing. I mean, it's, it's not going to happen. Let's stop, you're getting, I, I don't know what 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 your, uh, your practices are, but you're probably not going to, you're not going to be straight too hard. So we let that run for a while. And what I started noticing was every, I just, I just let it run just to kind of uh, do some data trending. I started noticing every 15 minutes, 24 hours a day, a payload from a specific computer was being sent to Ukraine and to New Jersey. Every 15 minutes, 24 hours a day,
0: an interesting combination of locations. Go
1: ahead. Well, it was just a, yeah, I was like, it was, it, well, then I looked at that and it was actually a copy of, cause they were connected and that's a whole, that's a whole different story. Um, cause I was trying to inspect the payload and, and, I, and I didn't want to say anything cause I didn't want to freak them out. Cause maybe it was just me, you know? Oh no, no. They hacked his computer because of a website that the kid went on, on the computer where they do all their bank, they do their banking. And it was literally taking all the key logs and every 15 minutes, and it was sending that data. And I was like, oh, you need to change all your passwords. Like now you need to wipe that computer clean. Let me go in and do an inspection. But the reality is they just, I mean, they're doing very well off and um, very well off. And um, they would have wiped out, they would have lost everything. I mean, absolutely everything. They had every single from the payload infection that I did. They had every single clear text uh, URL, password, uh, the verification questions, even the verification questions like, "Where did you meet your your significant other? What was your dog's first name or your your pet your first pet's name?" And I was like, "You, this is a real like. It's just a matter of time. I mean, that you literally have like 15 minutes before somebody's going to start logging in, transferring these funds now. So, um, but but what a like just for fun, let me just, uh, friends don't let friends live like savages. Let me clean up your internet connection. And, uh, and the other thing is every time I go to someone's house and I use a knife and it's really dull, I'm like, I know this sounds really weird, but I'm gonna bring my knife sharpener over and I'm gonna sharpen your knives. Cause I know it's just, it's, it's pet peeves. I have, you got to cook and you have to have good internet. You have to be able to cook easily and access the internet easily. So,
0: every, <laughs> Interesting my, story, man. You got, you got, you got good ones. So let's go <laughs> out now for a second. Talk you, talk, you talk to a lot of you know, you talk to a lot of MSPs, you know, you know, on a regular basis. You've been around for a long time. You've seen the industry morph, right? Probably a few, few times over now. You know, what, you know, what's what are you seeing right now, right? Last 30, 60 days, you know, where where are things? Are you seeing things going up, down, in between? What have the conversations been like?
1: Um this is a really Interesting uh, question, Um, specifically the way you phrased it. What have I seen over the last 30, 60, 90 days? Um, I think um, in general, every single person through every company that I've seen has um, they've taken it out of gear and they're in neutral and we're all coasting to figure out the direction and the friction. And, uh, we're all looking for the path of release resistance, but we're all lo- also looking to be able to change gears really quick. Um, and we don't want to be stuck in a, Hey, we're going to a full marketing campaign when in three weeks, when all that money and effort is being spent, everything shuts down. And wow, that was a complete waste of energy. What we should have been doing is engineering a opposite direction solution. And, um, So I I feel like no one's really doing anything and but the the common denominator is there. Everyone's looking for a way to solidify a relationship with their customers better without a lot of resources applied to that process. (laughs) So um, how do I keep my customers more interested in us and more importantly, Uh, create almost an introspective or a catharsis of what's going on internally. Um, So they can take their eyes off the concern, which we're all aware of, of what's going to happen next week, what's going to happen next month, uh, and not necessarily create a project, but position or queue up projects later. Um, This is almost a self-awareness time. So uh, I guess the summary is everybody's trying to figure out how to do something without applying a lot of resources and, and creating a commitment, which would scare off anyone from doing it. No one's spending a significant amount of money right now, uh, but you still have a lot of people in holding patterns. So how do you, you spin those those plates and keep everything? Okay,
0: so based on that description, what does it look like now, 90 days into the future, right? Or even towards the end of the year, like you know, we're, we're in the middle of the year, right? Um, do you think the holding pattern is still into 2021? Or do you think at some point some of these things eventually have to trigger and you know orders are going to go through or projects are going to happen or like give me give me your gut feel you know at December thirty first twenty twenty where what do things look like then?
1: Without trying to make this a political conversation, um, I, I I am a firm believer in that um, the current administration. Uh, the way the COVID case, there's, there's, there's two angles I'm going to give here. So regardless of your belief on this one, uh, hold on, there's more. <laughs> um, I, I think that a lot more could have been done sooner to prevent what's about to occur, because I don't think we're here yet. Um, and before I go any further, I just got an email from somebody that said, Tony, you were totally right. In March, you told me all of the things that were going to happen. I even had the conversation with you that the mm-hmm. uh, worst was going to start to peak in August. And I sent out an email to multiple people. Here are the phases. It's going to happen in August. Uh, that's when we're going to start seeing our first, first real uh, impact of what's happening. Everyone thought I was crazy. Well, hey, Florida's number one on stuff. And guess what happens? Two to three weeks after those numbers happen, then what's going to happen is you know you have the incubation period, and then the hospitalization, and then the mortality quotient, all that fun stuff happens. So we know what's going to happen in August. This is not a this is not a uh, conceptual number anymore. Um, that being said. The current administration could have done something sooner, could have implemented mandatory face masks, um, you know, uh, uh, very defined policies for school, for public associations, et cetera. And none of that was done. And everything that's being done now is too little, too late. So there's an eventuality there. The other side, which ironically, they they, they argue very nicely against each other, is um This is going to be, it's going to have to be handled like a flu like scenario where there's going to be deaths, there's going to be uh, problems until we have, because herd immunity, from what I'm understanding, is almost an impossibility uh, due to the fact that it chumps strains, we retain antibodies for 40 days, Um, there's a variety of things. So, uh, until uh, a vaccine comes out, and are you going to be the first one to take the vaccine? (laughs) Ah, it's, 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 It's so. So the the question is which one is it going to be? And I think I think ironically, just like uh, socialism and capitalism, I think it has to be a combination of the two. You know, I mean, you can't say, well, it's all pure capitalism. Well, then our roadways, fire departments, police departments, schools, everything. I mean, you got to have a combination and a balance of the two. You have to have a social awareness and policies based on that until things simmer down, until we have a more mature vaccine scenario or an understanding of what the real metrics are. Um, and in addition to that, you have to say, hey, let's not shut down the economy and everyone die because we're afraid to catch the flu. I, 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 so they argue nicely against each other. But again, so do socialism, and capitalism. I think there needs to be a, co- a, co- a combination or balance between the two because they do actually work together as long as we understand that. Um, but to wear the jersey of one or the other, eh, you're going to fail. And uh, so push that aside. What do I think is gonna happen? Um, I think we're going to see the outcome of all of the testing results that are surfacing now. Um, I think that'll come out in about two to three weeks. The real question is, how do you think everyone's gonna to react to that? And I think it's going to terrify people. I think it's absolutely going to terrify people. Um, do, how, do I think that's gonna affect the MSP industry, the community? Um, I think you're gonna have mixed results and literally this entire time since uh, since I just told you in march i wrote an email out to everyone here it's, it's all going to happen in august we have been our company we have not worked harder we've brought on amazing people in the company uh, our entire company it's all hands on this one particular project that's going to add in the industry more value for little to no, uh, to, to no effort. It's extremely palatable from a price perfect perspective, so for the, the price conscious. Uh, but most importantly, it really addresses the everybody work from everywhere situation that everyone's trying to manage right now. So... Um, I, I'm not going to say me, I mean, me, a whole bunch of caffeine and my team, we kind of figured out where this was going and we need to focus on this now. So hopefully cloud plus can implement something that will address a lot of the, it'll, it'll, it'll soothe a lot of the, <laughs> the concerns and anxiety out there uh, because it will make your customers stickier. It'll address a lot of the problems out there that are currently being faced in uh, you know, a work at home, you know, work from anywhere environment. Um, and it'll not pierce that, Hey, I can't spend any money. Uh, you know, you don't want to hit that button. Um, But at the same time, it's also going to uh, make it clear that it is possible to develop something even when times get bad. It's just adaptation. And the final, I think the final answer to your question is, I don't know how people are going to react to it. I just know that everybody has been extremely sensitive to changes. Everyone is extremely sensitive to spending any money. Um, And I don't think a lot of uh, preparation has been done for what the next step is because people don't understand what that next step is. And I think we're already at that next step. So let's just work with what we have.
0: Interesting. So let's, 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 let's think about big picture then. So if this thing, let's say, you know, this thing doesn't really change until there's a vaccine and people are willing to take it. Right. That sounds like we're agreed on that. So we're probably talking about next year. Do you see the Post-COVID percentages of in the office versus work from home, diametrically opposite than 80-20? Well,
1: we'll define 80-20. Let me ask you
0: that. 80% back in an office, 20% at home. Where before COVID, less than 10% would actually work from home on a regular basis. So we're talking about double what what the pre-COVID work remotely thing was.
1: I firmly believe that the office as we see it will remain in concept, but that will be for the administrative component. The part that's really going to benefit, frankly, is we've leveled the uh, the, the geography to the talent pool out there. Because now, uh, you know, hey, if, if you're looking, uh, again, from San Francisco, California, it says Silicon Valley, it's, that's uh, – you know, like raised, literally raised in Cupertino specifically uh, where Apple computer sits and um, try to find someone out there for less than 150,000 a year. Try, mm-hmm. try to find, I mean, that's a starter level. Yeah. It's just, it's not going to happen. So um, I think that now you can find talent in the outskirts of Montana in Akron, Ohio and, and, you know, some podunk location ever thought because the talent is the talent is a talent. It's binary. Do they do it? Yes or no. Um, it's not, I'm getting the cleanest shirt in the dirty laundry bin because that's what I'm You know, I have to be uh, talking to because my office is here. And I so the, I think the benefit is going to be huge to everyone. It's going to be far more beneficial, but everyone is so tight, gripped around the it has to be near the office this is our office this is a, look at the, the the crown on the office building and look at how amazing our office looks internally uh, I don't really care about that I think they're more interested in the productivity um, and uh, and the talent that they can you know they can gather from literally anywhere and have meetings just like this
0: I yeah uh, the slide in the slide in the office isn't so important now is it uh, so, <laughs> so uh, Darren comes in and says he thinks it'll be 40 percent not 20 at uh, work remote moving
1: forward. Oh, yeah. I, and I just saw, hold on, Alan, Al, I'm Al, sorry. Alan Al, Al,
0: Al has his C, CDPD modem.
1: <laughs> CDP. Alan, you just you just tried to romance me on video. And I thought that, I think that's rude because I love you. Uh, cellular digital packet data. That was like, Al, you don't realize Alan is a, uh, I don't even know Alan, but Alan is a, uh, Alan is initiated. Yeah. yeah, he's initiated. <laughs> You're going
0: to get gifts in the mail now,
1: Al. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so 40%, uh, 40% not, not ever going, going back. back. I actually agree with that. I, I, I would, m- my personal opinion is if we take the current situation of right now and let the dust settle, um, I think personally, it'll be 30% of your company as it exists today in 10 years, will be at the office, the other 70% will be geographically everywhere, domestically, Mm -hmm. most likely, Um, but you will have an administrative team, and maybe your C-level, and it's not unheard of to have, you know, your C-level, let's say your, your CFO, doesn't need to be in the office at all times. Uh, your CRO should probably be there. Your COO, uh, I'd probably recommend that. Your CEO, CEO and COO, you're kind of they they kind of got to be tied at the hip, uh, but not necessarily. It depends on their work, you know, uh, relationship and, and their practices. But um, you're, the rest of your team operationally, sales, support, be everywhere, and that's what you're looking for. You're looking for talent everywhere, and I can promise you, if you've interviewed a lot of people you've interviewed a lot of six, you know, just uh, uh, people with amazing uh, uh, degrees. But how many of you really interviewed with a successful history of what you're looking for? Mm-hmm. Now you just opened up the talent pool just everywhere. And that's what, that's what you're looking for. I want someone with a successful history of this particular talent. So.
0: Fair enough. Okay. So that's, that's good. That's good. You know, kind of holistic view. All right. So let, let's go over here now. So, you know, With the people that you're working with, right? Like I said, you've been around for a long time. Um, I'd love to hear your opinion on how far the industry as a whole has really adopted true cloud versus a mismatch of different SaaS applications and a little bit of bubblegum and duct tape.
1: (laughs) Bubblegum and duct tape. Um, So, this is a very, very sticky question for me because um, the one thing that we're about to launch literally addresses that. <laughs> um,
0: I, you didn't give me this question at a time. I'm just throwing. I
1: know, you know. It. I know. I'm, I'm, so let me, let me back up. So um, for everyone out there that's listening, in 2003, there was no cloud. In 2004, there was no cloud. There was an ASP offering of something. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no, MSP, there was no such thing. Um, you were a VAR okay in some capacity um,
0: or, or solutions provider
1: a solution aka consultant um, and so um, yeah and the solution provider you had an ASP server in your garage and, and, and yeah uh, and Citrix that's what you were selling so um, the MSP wasn't there so I I was part of the first ever round of MSPs actually I was before the MSPs and then MSPs started private labeling our stuff. We went from a company called the message center, uh, offering hosted just email, uh, hosted change to VAR dynamics because I thought, okay, VAR, remember, no such thing as an MSP. So we named the company VAR dynamics. Uh, and then I said, Oh crap, can we make it MSP dynamics? (laughs) Yeah. I changed the company name. Um, but I think the common denominator across the board is that, um, as MSPs have evolved, they have hardened their technology stack. And when they harden their technology stack, two things happen. They um, they educate based on what they know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the evolution outside of that becomes stunted. Okay. But make no mistake, this is a solid stack. So it's not, it's not there's not a lot of argument there. Does that work? It probably works great. Um, and the other thing is, you get somebody who does a lot of everything. The problem with that, and we all know that, um, is they're probably not gonna be specialized, you know, the they're, they're HIPAA, GLBA, Sarbanes, oxley SEC, all that, the compliance components, probably not gonna understand that. They do a little bit of uh, out of the box, over the counter data backup, maybe some endpoint protection, um, you know, Office 365 implementations, break fix style. Um, and with these two audiences, you've got the same, you know, um, I think the same argument with Amazon versus uh, Best Buy. Amazon was coming along and it's going to put everyone out of business. Best Buy has had the best three years ever in their history (laughs) because Best Buy does what Best Buy does. They do a very specific, this is what they do. Amazon kind of does a lot of stuff and it's going to replace those people that just do a lot. They don't do something specific. And uh, so as vendors create a more holistic uh almost like a casino style hey everything's in here in my microsoft or Sophos ecosystem you don't have to leave the, you don't have to leave uh you know the casino it's all here why why do you need to go out there no we've got it right over here in this section here um and they're gobbling up companies to plug in modularly all the things needed for msps um, that is going to be more and more difficult for both parties because you have a hardened stack that's calcified over here as proven and baked into their model. And then as they find something over here, it's either an all or nothing. You either become an all Sophos, Microsoft shop, um, or the best of breed, or you come over here and do a little bit of everything. And that's becoming even more difficult because customers are like, no, 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 I want the best of breed here. Uh, I don't really do it at that caliber. We're going to have to contact this person over here. And now, you're, now you're, people are struggling. Okay, the the MSP community is struggling. Customers are struggling. So what we're trying to do at Cloud Plus is trying to figure out what are the lowest common denominators across the board? Security, data backup, user management, identification, password management. Um, All of these things are the lowest, lowest, lowest common denominator. It doesn't matter which house you're sitting in. And I believe that what's going to bubble to the top are the people that have a very specific focused uh, security stack and they're willing to evolve it with the best of breed solutions slowly, but surely. And they're learning how to not only onboard new technologies, but also shutter old ones with a replacement and transitionary plan. Um, That's what I foresee the future to be.
0: Okay. That's very interesting. So how often should somebody really be evaluating their stack? I mean, is it every quarter, every year, every three years? Like, what's the interval here? Because the industry is moving at a stupid fast warp speed. <laughs> I mean, I'm just gonna be honest.
1: So, I just got into a conversation about this uh, with my friend. He's talking about his son. He's like, I, I'm a young, son, He's eight years old, and he says, I am, I am absolutely, I do not want any more presents for my kid. We, uh, we need another room just for the, the toys for a kid. And I said. Well, here's something to think about. Every time he gets a, something new, you start off with, he has to give up three things. You have to give everything and donate them. Give them to someone right. else. And and of course, he's going to freak out the first, but eventually he's going to realize he didn't do those three things anyway. And then uh, the next round of toys, he's got to give up 10 and the next round of 20. And, and you're, you'd be fascinated two things are happening. Um, you're cleaning house and you're also uh, becoming more anesthetized anesthetized to, um, to the transitionary period. And people, no one likes change. No one likes change. So um, if you're getting those two things, you know, your child uh, familiar with those two feelings, getting rid of things and, and uh, cleaning house, you know, and, and, and realizing the priority of what you need and what you don't need, that's a really good foundation. He's like, that's awesome. The exact same thing happens in the MSP community, where I would challenge that uh, every because I mean once a quarter, that's a lot, but I mean every three months you're like, hey, let's just bring in something, let's just look at it, let's just look at it, okay? Uh, once a year, figure out here are things that we are going to do. Uh, we're going to start implementing for the next year. Like, well, let's let's start standardizing. This is now an official option. Don't uh. Every other year, you should start, or every three years at the latest, do a hard refresh and evaluation of the technology, and here's the one thing that we're going to get rid of, and here's the one thing that we're going to start, you know, uh, we're transitioning people to. So um, I think the two kind of fit hand in hand, and if you have kids, you you learn a lot from them. (laughs) And it's not even from them. You're learning a lot from your practices uh, of all the things in retrospect you would have done differently
0: uh brent, brent uh, uh sends in here He said, like, great suggestion did that with my daughter since the 80s apparently it works thanks for chiming in brent
1: nice
0: um so one of the card parts that seem to be pretty unanimous regardless of location right i don't care if you're europe apac u.s canada whatever um a lot of these newer offerings on the market right some of them kind of always kind of spawn from the enterprise and then trickle their way downstream are all are like consumption-based, right? And then keeping track of that math and billing on time and making sure that there's not a cash flow pitfall, right? Because those things change so frequently, it seems to be a problem, right? I mean, there's tools that do some over here and some over there, but that seems to be the major pushback though, when you're evaluating some of this new stuff, right? What's what's the answer to that? I mean, I mean, I feel like some people have DevOps their own solution. I feel like, like nobody has. There's not one, you know, way to solve this problem, kind of thing.
1: Well, now specifically, the problem being what?
0: That that the newer the newer apps, tools, technologies out there have really flipped into a more utility consumption based billing frequency than a flat.
1: Um. It's uh, So my knee-jerk reaction, and remember, I keep telling you, there's a lot of things that we're working on that um, address a lot of this conversation. I, I wish I could tell I mean, g- give me three weeks, man. Three weeks. <laughs> It'll actually be, uh, but. Um, I'll just very- you
0: about, keep, 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 you know, keep watching the website, I guess, but that I'm just talking about general frustration, right? No,
1: no, you're, you're, you're nailing it. These are things that we've been working on. The very, the, the knee-jerk reaction that uh, my first reaction, the answer to that question ubiquitously, everyone will go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's what we've been working on. It comes down to the vendors. NFR licenses, not for resale licenses. And you know why? Because, and these are things that I face every single day, which is I'm telling a vendor, here's an argument that goes, is happening, well, it just happened over the last three weeks. Um, Hey, listen, we, Cloud Plus, can offer every single one of our MSPs, we can literally have this, in the hands of hundreds, like every one of their employees, their, the, the MSPs right now, active MSPs for free. Let's give it to them for six months. And in a six-month window, when they activate it, clocks starts sticking. And in six months, they have something that they'll either use or they don't use. And at the end of six months, if they have one customer of, let's say, 10 seats or more, they get to keep these NFR licenses indefinitely just until they don't have customers. If they don't have any customers, then they have to pay for it or deactivate it. It's that simple. And I am of the belief in that uh, Pareto law, um, uh, 20% of the top are going to bring in customers quickly. 20% 20% of the bottom are even going to activate it and it's not going to do anything or they're just going to drop it. And somewhere in between, they're going to use it and they're going to really like it, but they're not actively selling it because they're going back full circle to what we talked about. The, the technology refresh and the review hasn't hit that window yet. So they're still using it internally. They'll pay for it. Congratulations. You just got a whole bunch of paying customers, ironically, which will expose it to their paying customers and they'll have a ripple effect. And the moment those customers start paying, the NFR component kicks back in. Those are free internally, and Everyone, it's, a, it's a win-win across the board, but exposing the technology to the people that have the customers who you're trying to get to, that should be your number one focus. Complaining that you're giving away software for free is so short-sighted, so myopic. It, there is, it's, it's a, it doesn't make any sense to me. It just doesn't scale. You know, you're, you're squeezing as hard as you can get all the blood out of the rock. It doesn't make any sense. So it all comes back to the vendor level. Just my opinion, though. I, by every time I'm going to get all these instant messages from vendors saying, ah, screw you, Tony. You're just trying to give away our stuff. No, I'm trying to make it so people actually consume your stuff. That's my job. I don't make any money if other people aren't selling it. If people aren't consuming it, I don't make any money. Either do you. So
0: Fair enough. I mean, Alan pipes in while we were talking. He says, in your sales and planning, distinguish what you do sell and how you do those things. No, totally get it. Tools are a means to your end outcome, right? I mean, and I'm a total fan and you know, absolutely of the Kool-Aid that you should be selling business objectives rather than just spinning wheels, 100%. Um, to your point, Tony, is there, do you, what's your vendor evaluation checklist then? What, what, is, what should it, when you're going through this evaluation cycle, what are the things that you should be you know, checking off as you're going vendor to vendor to determine fits or doesn't fit.
1: Um, there's actually a huge vendor checklist, and and I worked with uh, Jason track on this for literally years. <laughs> um,
0: <clears throat> for the you know Jason track for people that don't know, he's he's been in the industry for a long time, so uh, smart guy.
1: Makes me look like I know nothing. It's. it's- makes me mad i i want to hate him but he's so nice and smart um so uh uh was he 20, 20 almost 23 years at uh intermicro he was like their first cloud services employee um he, he knows a little bit about distribution and vendor management that's just just, <laughs> just a little bit uh, also a good friend of mine and and literally texting me during this call so um playing I, him huh? yeah <laughs> um so, so I. But one of the things that Jason is really good at is understanding the, um, the the fact that all of us are all talking about the same thing, but from different perspectives. So we can sit here and argue and argue and argue about whatever it is, but we're arguing because you're looking at it from a vendor perspective. Um, I'm looking at it from an MSP perspective and that person over there is looking at it from a customer perspective. And we're sitting there arguing, we're talking about the exact same thing. <laughs> so um, when it comes from my perspective, I am, I am absolutely an engineer by, by definition, by trade. Um, so the technical perspective was what? The, the knee-jerk reaction to your question is, um, I have three things. Do you have an API that's well documented that allows me to uh, create a an, a, uh, a partner in in the vendor platform? Allows me to create a uh, 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 customer under said partner in the vendor platform. Allows me allows me to create a user under said cus- uh, customer in the a user in the customer platform or uh, in, in the vendor platform, and then a, a license associated to the user under the customer, under the reseller uh, in the vendor platform. Do you allow me to do that with an API, go back and forth and alternate licenses? And that is like entry level 101. And if the answer is um, an, uh, an API, I uh, yeah. <laughs> then the no, no, we'll use, we'll use, uh, a smoke, uh, you know, uh, smoke signals to, to make something happen. The, um, the, uh, sorry about that. The, um, the second question I ask is, do you have a per seat per month, uh, billing mechanism, like a per belly button per per month billing mechanism? Um, if they want you to purchase the license all at once, not for me. It's not that's that's antiquated. Um, I feel that let the MSP decide if that's uh, delivered to the customer like that. Uh, But at the end of the day, if I'm telling you it's month to month, and you can cancel at any time for any reason, there's no contract, there's no implementation fee, no setup fee. um, That's the way it should be from the MSP perspective but it's not the MSP perspective. It's the customer perspective, because as a customer, that's what I like to hear. An MSP, however, can maybe repackage that and say, here's a yearly agreement, a bi-yearly agreement, et cetera. And there's discounts according to that. Guess what? You're only gonna do that if your customers find that palatable. And so, but we like as uh, the vendor component, we like to have it a la carte, for lack of a better term. Um, and, and the third thing I ask is, if a customer comes along and they already have the service through someone else, and they wanna transition it into this platform, do we have a way to switch, basically it's called change the partner of record via API. Um, And the reason that is is because now what that allows is the the, the MSP to stop stealing a service from a customer because now you're just picking, okay? You're swooping in and picking a service. Get a relationship with the customer and own all the services of the customer. So you own the customer and all the services associated to the customer, and you put them all under one username and password. The customer's never going to leave you, ever, ever, ever. And you're actually, um, what are you providing? Um, Oh yeah, value. You're providing value to the customer, which is so mind-blowing because everyone is so focused on the swoop in and steal the service. Don't do that anymore. It doesn't make any sense. The problem, the argument against everything I just said, There's never really been a platform until now that allows that. And everyone is just another distributor and you have the same pig and different types of lipstick on it. And I don't care what you say and who your distributor is. They're all just a marketplace. It provides no value for your customer outside of the initial sell. That's just all it is. So we, Cloud Plus, have been working exceptionally hard to do exactly what I just said is to provide value. Um, the platform is free, at least it is until my board said, uh, says otherwise. Um, and providing value, and especially in these times where no one wants to spend money, they're all looking for additional value and trying to make their relationship stickier with their customer. Um, I think it's a, a literally a perfect time. I'm not saying COVID's good for us, <laughs> but it's going to be pretty good for us. <laughs> um, so. All
0: right. Fair enough. Sounds like you got some things that you're, you're baking, which is interesting, right? Cause I think a lot of people always build stuff out of pain, right? Hey, why isn't this there? This would be, this would help, you know, move X, Y, and Z faster or solve problems. I mean, we're not just building stuff to build stuff. So uh, I, I feel, I feel, I feel the excitement coming through the screen. Uh, any, any closing uh, advice that you would give anyone Uh, In the in the IT services business, MSP, VAR, solution provider—I guess it's all kind of rolled up now.
1: Um, I have noticed a trend that's happening more lately than anything, and um, I'm looking for people to look at their at their company the way the way it's currently working and seeing, you know, during this uh, downtime, what can you do to improve things, and is this what you actually want to do? I'm finding a lot. More time can be spent on creating or identifying, calcifying the swim lanes of your team because things are going, it's not, the country isn't shutting down forever. We're all, the, everyone thought that was the case. Was that in 2007, 2008? Oh my gosh. And Apple stock, was it like $2 or Ford? Ford was at $2. I'm kicking myself for not buying. <laughs> um,
0: now that you're saying that, I'm like, Oh, I
1: know. I know. But everyone said, this is it. The economy's crashing. And I said, no, it's not. It is not. And sure enough, look, you know, so, and we're going to, the same thing is going to happen again and it's going to happen again. It's going to, it's going to be an, a correction time. So, um, Since that correction time is going to happen again, and historically is proven to be the case, why not focus now on identifying a better, you know, uh, role and responsibility of all of your team members and a structure and a process, because now is when things aren't moving crazy fast, it just, you just have anxiety, so it feels like it is, Um, that may be a, a, a good time to focus on this. And in addition, if you don't want to do the business, I'm literally running across people at least once a week. that are saying, Hey, do you know any MSPs that want to sell their company? I'm, I'm interested in buying. Yeah. It's very weird. And cause they see, they, they, they see exactly what I just said. Oh, this is all going to speed up again and I'm gonna start gobbling while they all think they have nothing. <laughs> and in another 120 days, you know, by by the end of the year,
0: mm-hmm.
1: well, let me rephrase this in January, wow things are i think we'll probably go through the darkest 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 point by the end of the year um my prediction is q1 it's going to be what well, would be cloud at the end of q1 we're going to get this bang of uh second week of march mark my words second week of march of next year year uh, the economy is going to tank probably the worst ever guess why historically it has <laughs> with the, you know, the presidential elections every, after a bad time. Every,
0: everybody's taken writing this down, start selling your stuff before
1: that. They- <laughs> <laughs> Second week of March. And uh, by the way, I called this in uh, uh, 2008. Um, I, I wrote about it, I blogged about it in 2006. No one believed me. And then, uh, um, yeah, when Obama first came on, it happened. It literally was, how did you know? Historical, this is cycles, you know? Uh, but anyway, so the point is that if you can make it through that, through all the way up to there and it's going to go bad. Knowing that's going to happen. Everything is going to go up. Everything is going to go up. So why not take this time to really start to tighten your belt, figure out here's your role and responsibility. Here's what we're going to do. If this happens, we're going to do this else. This Uh, here are the tools we're going to use to automate a lot of the things we're doing manually. We're going to cut costs and all these frills that frankly people don't want to pay for, or it's eating up a lot of our operational budget. Um, Doing that now is almost ideal. And just moving from one major distributor to another major distributor, probably not the best use of your effort, you know? Figure out if there's other tools out there, if there's other mechanisms, maybe a direct relationship with the vendor themselves, maybe that'll save you an extra 20, 30% of margin. Same same deliverable, you know? Uh, Maybe another billing engine that takes away a lot of your billing time and cycles. things like that, that can make a massive difference that you don't realize. And those changes will bubble up. The the benefits will bubble up in three, six months. And that's exactly when you'll need them.
0: Very interesting. Tony, I mean, we could probably go for another hour. I got all sorts of stuff I could ask. I love talking to you. Uh, (laughs) All good. Uh, Everybody, uh, you probably heard it earlier. You can find Tony's uh, website, cloudplus.net. He's on all the Facebooks and LinkedIn (laughs) groups that you can imagine. Uh, smart guy who's gone through a lot of interesting, uh, stories and projects and I'm sure we'll all run into you at uh, I know you're very tied into CompTIA and I know that you're very tied into a lot of the industry work so uh, looking for, uh, looking forward to see said three weeks I wrote that down three weeks go to Tony's website see what's going on
1: Three weeks. Uh, I'm getting so much pressure from my team now they're <laughs> all like
0: what are you doing
1: like, <laughs> uh, no, no you pressure.
0: Said it. I didn't I didn't put a gun to your head uh, so appreciate you for hopping on thanks everybody for watching we'll be back on Thursday one o'clock Eastern time this is recorded online so if you want to go back and listen to Tony's story about how he hacked this guy's computer with a, you know a little claiming <laughs> you know that that's worth rewatching. So Tony <laughs> going on man.
1: George you're amazing. Thank you so much.
0: You got it. Have a good one.